seven o'clock. Do you know where your freedom is? Hey, let's jump around to the renegade sound of the paranoid style. Hey, get upside down to the American sound of the paranoid style. Everybody ever heard the news? Your dance with the wicked moves. It's been around for many years, so polish up your bandage gear and shake, shake, shake with fear. Wave your right till you just don't care. Anyone can do it. It's a paranoid style in American politics Casey Jones, you better watch your apocalypse Illumination and fluoridation Are communist plots against the population Hey, let's jump around to the renegade sound Of the paranoid style Hey, get upside down to the American sound Of the paranoid style Hey kids on the right and left, do you feel dispossessed? If you're on the left or right, I feel your pain tonight So shake off reality, it's easy as you please Soon everyone is dancing conspiratorially It's a paranoid style in American politics Casey Jones, you better watch your apocalypse All kinds of wild interpretation Are open to the paranoid imagination Jamal say this each time but this probably won't be as long as the other one just a little check-in uh you know 2020 is right around the corner congress is getting ready <laughs> to have another vacation but they're doing some stuff first and uh it's been i think it's been about a month since since we've talked I know Halloween in October is a very busy time of year for you, especially. Yeah, um, I did 177 viewings of Halloween or horror-related stuff. Um, part of that was the 31 days of Halloween that the Alamo Drafthouse locally celebrates, which they call the Drafthouse of Horrors, where they play a movie a day in one or both of the theater locations. And I went to... Almost every single showing. I think I only missed like five, maybe. <laughs> and some of those were some of those were because I was recording my podcast. So yeah, I was super. Oh, and I also do a Halloween party, and I married somebody. Uh, <laughs> at the very end of the month, I flew off and married. Well, I didn't get married, but I was the officiant you of a wedding. Somebody. <laughs> right, I officiated the shit out of that wedding. So yeah, it was a busy month, and that's why we haven't checked in partially. And then also, it's been kind of back and forth status quo for this entirety of the month. A lot it's of posturing. Only... <laughs> right. Yeah, a lot of thumping of chests from orangutan-type um, people in office. Uh, you know, orange. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like the orange-colored Cheeto beating his chest like an orangutan. You know, that's basically what's going on. Um, back I and forth. I've got no due process. I have no due process. Basically, every week on the week, presidential harassment has been tweeted for the entirety of October, you know, in some way, shape, or form. Um, a lot of that has basically been going on, but we've finally gotten something that's moved forward a little bit, right? Yeah, there are a couple things moving forward. Uh, starting 
this week, you know, I'm gonna. I, hopefully, this will be out. The first uh, call. They're starting the live hearings of the impeachment inquiry. Is one of the things that's different. Uh, as we were talking about before, they were doing depositions and interviewing witnesses in uh, the committees, but they weren't public and. That was not cool with the Republicans. They thought that having them behind closed doors was bullshit. And even though there are Republicans on the committees, who most of whom didn't show up once the transcripts of those started getting released after the vote to start having the live proceedings, but they did yeah. the, the outrage theater of storming the... Clearance level needed. Do not bring your cameras. Yeah, they broke federal law to do this stunt for posturing. And essentially what they were trying to do is they're trying to get out in front of it. They're trying to slow the momentum and stop it from happening. In the public eye, they're trying to make it seem like it is, in fact, a quote-unquote witch hunt. <laughs> I mean, like, they're really trying to push and sell that narrative. And this type of theater has to be orchestrated by the head Cheeto himself. This had to be, like, they're all loyalists to him for the most part. Not necessarily, like, to the Republican Party, but to him. And um, not, not definitely not to the American people. Um, this entire thing is a travesty because, what was it, like, 13 of them that did it or something like that? And it was, like, seven of them were actually on the fucking committee and could have came in at any time. They just chose to do this for theater. Yeah, at least seven. I think, I think there were closer to ten. Yeah, and but yeah, and it was like it was like out of thirteen, it was like at least seven. We're like, I mean, I'm not, I don't have the exact numbers. I'm just trying to give people like it's over half of them were already allowed to be there. This was all theatrics. Well, and there there were yeah about fourteen or fifteen or however many did the protest thing, but there's over forty that are allowed on the committees and in the thing. Yeah, so... there's even more than just that did that. So the theatricality of this is. Ridiculous. And may we also point out that the rules that, that that Democrats are following for doing the impeachment hearings are the rules that were, in fact, written and set forth by which of the two parties, if we're going to be partisan about this? Yeah, it was uh, John Boehner and the Republicans and enforced by Trey Gowdy, uh, Mr. Benghazi himself. Right. These rules that they are following were set previously by the Republicans and... Um, this is a very much do as I say, not as I have done type situation on top of the theatricality and horseshit, right? Yeah, it's like when Mitch McConnell complains about not doing things the way the government has always done things and obstructing judicial nominees and shit. It's, yeah, it's, it's the mind-numbing... Hypocrite in yeah. them all. It's mind-numbingly how hypocritical these actions are, but... Once again, the only people that seem to have an issue with this are the people that don't already feel like this is the party they want to have in power because it represents them. Basically, if you're not a um, fascist. <laughs> fascist adjacent. Yeah, if you're not a fascist or fascist adjacent, you have a problem with these types of tactics and the things that they're doing. But if you're really into bootlicking and authoritarianism, this is the place for you. Did you see Jeff Sessions's first campaign 
commercial? No, I can't bring myself to watch it. I just can't. He's he's basically, you know, Smeagol is <laughs> offering himself. He's like, did I write a tell-all book after I left the White House? No, I didn't. Because, you know, he... I thought he was running instead of Roy Creepy Hands Moore, or whatever we called him last time we talked about Roy Moore. The alleged, um, alleged pedophile. Roy Judge Moore. Bad Touch, I think. I don't know. Something. Uh, but there are three people, if uh, counting Sessions now, running for the like Republican slot to take Doug Jones, not the character from Twin Peaks The Returns. Um, also not the amazingly talented physical actor who does a lot of suit acting for Guillermo del Toro. Not him either. Yeah, not Abe Sapien. Not also uh, not also not uh, David Bowie's son, who is a film director and quite a talented one at that. Yeah, but the sort of Democrat Democrat in Alabama who won the seat for the first time and for fucking ever. But um, I, I know we were the talking most about Democrat the... we could possibly expect in an Alabama type state. Roll Tide. Yeah, I, I think he's less Republican than Joe Manchin over in West <laughs> Virginia, which is a huge sin. Yeah. Uh, but we, we were talking about the, the procedures and everything for the impeachment hearing. So I I'm still kind of in the why are they trying to bend over backwards to make the Republicans happy because they're never going to be happy. You know, they, they, they're they saying shit like impeachment undo undoes an election or, you know, you can't undo an election with, you can't, you can't impeach somebody who was fairly elected and every single fucking person that's been impeached was elected. You can't be impeached if you're not elected. So that's just ridiculous. Uh, yeah. The, the logic centers of my brain are kind of fried. And I want to thank you for helping me a little bit with this therapy. But uh, we want to look back, uh, you know, Lindsey Graham and a lot of these fuckers were all about impeaching Bill Clinton. But uh, so a couple of things that I, I've got a comparison of uh, Nixon, Clinton and Trump. OK, so there's uh, you get a copy of the documents. Nixon had that. Clinton did not have that. Trump has that. You get to attend the presentation of evidence. Nixon had that option. Clinton did not have that option. Trump has that option. You get to ask questions. Trump has that option. You get to raise objections. They all had that option. And uh, minority subpoenas with a committee vote. They all have that option. So it's Better than the last two guys got, also. And uh, they can, the minority people in the committees get to request their own witnesses. Um, they did a little bit of shuffling. I don't know if you saw that they pushed Jim Jordan onto the Intelligence Committee. That's a contradiction in terms right there, like military <laughs> intelligence. Yeah, and meanwhile, there's uh, fresh lawsuit allegations here in Ohio about him ignoring uh, college students being molested by that Ohio State rape doctor that, like, raped and molested hundreds of people. Yeah, he uh, sexually assaulted tons of people, and the guy just ignored it when he found out about it. There's evidence mounting about that, which <laughs> makes sense why he's under Trump's, you know, wing and all of that. Those types of creeps like to stick together. 
wouldn't be all that shocked if um, there was something horrible going on in Jim Jordan's past besides this latest revelation as to why he would ignore such a horrific charge. Yeah, Ohio is really fucking gerrymandered. <laughs> we actually won a decision that got overturned by the Supreme Court. Luckily, we've got a almost as good uh, redistricting thing that we voted in goes into effect uh, 2021. But anyway, Jim Jordan's relatively safe right now in his uh, congressional seat unless he gets fucking some serious attention on this uh, molestation thing. Because if people don't care about kids getting molested in Ohio, they care about Ohio State, the Ohio State University, looking bad. But also, only if this were not a Republican would that be a problem because... They can literally do any hypocritical shit they want, and their followers are now a cult, and they're all about that. They don't care anymore. Yeah, so fucking fuck Jim Jordan. Yeah, he's on the committee, but he's only there basically just to literally fling shit and cause problems. And a lot of the witnesses that the minority side of things for the Republicans, what they're trying to do is call witnesses to basically slow down or impede the progress in some way, shape, or form— of the actual hearings that are going on. That's why they're trying to get Hunter Biden and some other person. I can't remember who it was brought uh, in on this. I mean, that's gotta be the reason that they're doing it, right? They are trying to impede without having a direct appearance of impeding this progress. Yeah. Uh, the other main person, I'm still par- parsing my way through it, but the, they have suggested 10 witnesses. Now it has to be argued how this witness being called is in relation to any of the charges and any of the things that are being invest- being investigated. Right. Quick recap. If you're somehow listening to this, but you don't know what's happened, uh, there's, there are a lot of things that could have triggered the more serious impeachment and inquiry that's going on right now, but they decided to go with something that can be, if done right, a president covering up something that they said that is fine, but then they're covering it up is a lot easier to sell than all the obstruction of justice stuff. That's getting woven into this, and we'll get to that a little bit later because before we go, I want to talk about the first Freedom of Information Act dump that happened last week. Yeah, which is something that I have not gotten anything about, so it's going to be me asking you a bunch of questions and trying to explain the stuff that you've aggregated so far. Okay. Yeah, because I'm working my way through reading the actual document, which is, I think, 500 pages. And there's also um, the reporter that uh, filed the lawsuit to get the information is also writing articles with, you know, hey, check out this part, and it's highlighted here, and it's on this page. But, um... So, yeah, we will get to that really soon because there's not a whole lot else to talk about, I think, and maybe we'll come to stuff in that. But, um, yeah, they want Hunter Biden to be called as a witness. But instead of saying, you know, we want to put all the blame on him, he said that Hunter Biden had insight on corruption in the Ukraine that would be, that would be of use to Americans. So that's a really cute way of putting it. And the other person that they mainly want to call is the whistleblower. 
who is supposed to be being protected their identity because of threats to their life and everything and whistleblower protections. So, But that's wanna... already been ruined by like three or four different people anyway as to who that whistleblower is. This was just a way of trying to out him in a public forum so that he could become, he or she could become bait. Yeah. And, you know, Devin Nunes is involved, as you would expect. Um, but yeah, I mean, Adam Schiff is in charge of the Intelligence Committee, so I'm sort of looking forward to seeing how he handles Jim Jordan. Uh, you know, Lindsey Graham has basically already said that he's going to vote against anything in the Senate. The transcripts perfectly prove that he's innocent and nothing happened and that he's too in, in, uh, incoherent to have got something, but he's also not reading any of them. So he's sort of covering his bases. Quick I reminder. think what he's really asking is for someone to read the transcripts to him because until then his <laughs> mind is made up. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's that seems to be what everybody's been saying when they're saying read the transcripts. What I understand it as is, would you please read it for them because they're too dumb or lazy to do it themselves? Well, yeah, they, they did argue that uh, three days wasn't long enough to read the eight page summary transcript that the White House initially released that they thought made them look good, which actually set all this shit off. If you can't read eight pages in three days, you should not be serving on any branch of government. <laughs> yeah. So uh, testimony, the live hearings are starting this week, uh, the week of November 12th or 13th, I think, is when they're supposed to kick off. Which would um, be a Tuesday that week. Yeah, I know they definitely don't like to start on Mondays because uh, some people actually do go back to their constituents. Well, and also nobody likes Monday, so I mean Garfield's proven that. <laughs> so they're going to call U.S. diplomat William Taylor. He's the one that was in a text message that said, you know, it's crazy to withhold security assistance for help with a political campaign. And then the person he was texting with, I think that was Sondland, but I'm not totally sure, wrote back something along the lines of, I don't know what you're talking about. Stop texting <laughs> me and call me. <laughs> Get gonna... an outside line for this criminal venture yeah. that we're about to talk about. Utche up hey. Ixne uye ozo bay. B i f a. Isening lay a. U.S. diplomat George Kent who said that he was alarmed by all the shit Giuliani was doing. And the former U.S. ambassador to the Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch, Yovanovitch, she's the one that in the July 25th call, Trump was like, oh, she's, she's bad news, we're getting rid of her. And she said in her testimony, all these people are saying stuff under oath, by the way. So it's the, all the people who are saying things under oath are not to be believed, but all the people who refuse to testify have got to be the honest ones. Um, I got a quick question for you, too. Wasn't there like a Kellyanne Conway meltdown at some point on a news report about the testimonies that you just read off and saying that they were people that you've never heard of before this that are trying to get notoriety by saying what they've been told to say and that you can't trust them or something like that? Did, did you see that that? I, little like meltdown thing she did 
I did. It's, you know, she, <laughs> she's got that skill of just talking out her ass like she actually cares about what she's saying. And yeah, the, the reporter, because she was like, well, you, you know, you've written negative articles about our president, so you can't be trusted. You're part of the problem. You're fake news. She and, kept saying never Trumper. You're, who did you yeah. vote for? You're a never Trumper. And like who you vote for does not matter when you are asking a question of a public official. You are supposed to be held accountable to the people that you work for, and you need to fucking answer the questions. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we pay her salary. We don't pay his salary. And, uh, yeah. So she kept telling him that I'm I'm moving on. I'm asking another question. And some of the reporters did their good deed and asked the same question. Yeah, we did see that. Yeah. But, yeah, she's so she's you're never Trumpers. It's all a witch hunt. The It's the process. There's no due process, even though this isn't a trial. The trial happens in the Senate. And it's going to be fucking Mitch McConnell as the head juror and John Roberts as the fucking judge. So, <laughs> yeah, no way that's fucking fixed, right? Yeah, you know, uh, and they're talking about claiming uh, they uh, some Republican strategists are saying that possibly they could suggest that Roberts has a conflict of interest somehow because of probably his son and Trump and money or something like that. Uh, or maybe the Deutsche Bank thing. I can't remember. But right. uh, if he recused himself, guess who the uh, judge would be? Please tell me it would be Schumer. That would be amazing. No, it would be Clarence Thomas. Okay. Um, that doesn't seem good. No. But who oh, wait. Knows? So the, the, judge, the judge is actually being an actual Supreme court judge. It wouldn't be like somebody in the Senate pretending to be a judge, right? No. Uh, the head of the Senate would be like the chief juror, but yeah, the Supreme, uh, Supreme court justice, chief justice is supposed to oversee that because of the, you know, the gravity of the situation. So whatever that means, <laughs> <laughs> that way it can't be, Challenged, yeah, you know, just like the the federal appeals court that, in the lawsuit in New York that ruled that uh, eight years of Trump tax returns have to be turned over, he's taken that to the Supreme Court. But if they have the Supreme Court involved in the impeachment trial, that can't be challenged anywhere. Um, I just found out this week that there are two separate things that could happen if there was a conviction in the Senate. There's an extra process to remove somebody from office and then make it so they can never run for the office again. That's like an extra, I don't know, an extra fuck you, an extra measure. An extra punishment or an extra way of making sure that they have to sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up. Yeah, because if, I mean, technically, and he's not going to be convicted and removed by the Senate because you need two-thirds of the Senate and they're trying to get this done before fucking New Year's. For some reason, even though all these people, I think there's 15 people have refused congressional subpoenas. Some of whom we're not going to find out from judges until after December has got started. So I hope they actually slow down and take this is time. an this is an election move. 
This is why Pelosi had to have started when she did. It's a way to force all of the various Republicans that are going to vote on this to be on record doing the vote that they're doing and choosing what it is that they choose so that as more stuff gets revealed, um, it basically pins them down and it's talking points for the various candidacies and all of that. Uh, That's why she started it that way and that's the way that it's working. But that doesn't mean that right after, you know, the 2020 election cycle gets started, they can't continue to keep doing this because certain people that are involved aren't necessarily up for re-election, are they? What, the senators that are in The House this time. Oh. The House involved in this. They're, that's why they started it when they did, because it's almost like, it feels to me like they're insulating themselves while forcing the Senate to, to do, it's like, a, it's like a chess move, basically. They're trying to take in some of the knights and, you know, the bishops and whatnot that would be in the Senate side of things for the Republican Party and put them in a really dark corner. That <laughs> they have to make a choice before that election cycle gets started, so that it's like a talking point that hey, they chose this, they clearly don't care about the American people, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, I think twenty twenty, all the house seats are up, but obviously some people are safer than others, and they did the polling like you're talking about with Pelosi taking her time and being strategic. I hate feeling paranoid about this, but. Also, when the rough timeline that she set out was talked about was around the time that she started shitting all over Medicare for all. And the senators who would be in the impeachment trial are the only people running for president right now in the Democratic Party that support Medicare for all. You know, Joe Biden isn't. Uh, he's he's just Joe Biden and uh you know Pete Buttigieg and I don't even there's like still 7,000 people running for that but you know at the, by that point uh. you know the Iowa caucus is early February and it's primary season now that could go both ways you don't have to be uh, physically where the primaries are happening to create a buzz. You know, obviously I'm sure, you know, Bernie Sanders or somebody on TV after an impeachment trial yelling about corruption and obstruction of justice could fire people up just as well as, you know, that party he had with uh, AOC with a couple thousand people at it. But yeah, I, I, Pelosi doesn't do anything that she's not trying to do. Even the shit I don't like about her, she's not stupid. She might be a little too old school, and that's the thing I fear. That's one of the reasons why I don't consider myself a Democrat. I just vote for them sometimes. Well, I mean, yeah. Pelosi's part of the like establishment Dems that probably you know extends to the Clinton side of things where they're neoliberalistic and, you know, it's they, they want to basically trick people into thinking that, you know, they're going to support all of these civil rights issues, but at the same time, you know, deny you the health care coverage that will keep you alive. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that's just the way that that her shit works. So I'm not surprised. I didn't put two and two together with the idea that um, this may be a way to like simultaneously hurt a Republican chance, but also push back some of the presidential candidates that would be Medicare for all. I didn't even 
think of that. That's a really interesting perspective. I was just speculating because I always see the bad in everyone, man. That's just me. <laughs> I feel you. So they they can call more people. They can. It's not going to be like surprise witnesses, obviously. But you know, uh, what's his face? John Bolton said that if a court says that it's okay, he would testify. But that's probably him just pushing things back towards whenever his book deal kicks in. And I think that that's one of those trials that doesn't start until mid-December. Uh, Mick Mulvaney's been subpoenaed. He didn't show up. Uh, he's in that lawsuit about, you know, I'm torn between two equal branches of my government and I don't know who to listen to. But anyway... Do you have any questions about that before we move into the Freedom of Information Act stuff? Um, no, I think that we've pretty much summed that up, you know, like every all the horseshit that's been happening, because it's mostly been posturing back yeah. and forth and finger pointing and tongue wagging and chest pounding and all of that. Um, we've gotten some of the evidence stuff and we've we talked about some of the, the attempts at spin. So I, I feel that's all wrapped up in a nice bow for everybody. <laughs> All right. Thank thank you for that. <laughs> uh, so Okay, so after the Mueller report came out and a lot of stuff was redacted and a lot of stuff was withheld, reporters started filing Freedom of Information Act claims. Uh, as reporters are wont to do. As they are wont to do. Uh, this one... One of the main people was uh, Jason Leopold with BuzzFeed News, of all places. You know, the place that used to just have top ten lists. Yeah, BuzzFeed is really kind of coming into its own. It's really trying to do some investigative stuff. It's like them, Vanity Fair, and was it Teen Vogue was Teen doing some crazy? Teen Vogue is doing a lot of cool shit. Yeah, it's like, holy fuck, where did this investigative reporting come from? This is amazing. <laughs> Obviously, since all of this information completely exonerates Donald Trump, they worked really hard to make sure none of it saw the light of day. Weird. Um, you know, they argued that there were too many papers. I think they said it was over 100 million pages or something like that, and it would take too long. And the judge was like, if you think it's going to take you too fucking long, ask for more money to hire people to get it done on fucking time. And they just, you know, oh, we can't do it, we can't do it, we can't do it. The judge said, well, fuck you, you're going to do it. They got the first dump of about 500 pages of uh, 302s, FBI interviews, and stuff like that. Okay. They're supposed to be getting about the same amount every month for the next eight years. Jesus Christ. Yeah. The I guess I'll do the should I save the the funny little thing that I I've noticed for the end just so we can end on a slightly higher note. Yeah, especially if it's gonna get about as dark as I think it's gonna get, we might as well give them a little everybody a little something to laugh about as we clutch our <laughs> chests in pain with tears running down our eyes and the nuclear winter upon our back. It's you know it uh, I'm sure there's gonna be a whole lot more. Uh, there there are some things that are like, why the fuck wasn't that used in the report? And so and another cool thing is, uh, I guess the first thing 
is uh, sometime in 2016, uh, Constant- Konstantin Kalemnik, I think his name is, who's the Russian intelligence guy that Paul Manafort was hooked up with. Okay. He, he told Manafort the thing about the Ukraine has secret hard drives that show that they they weren't trying to help. It wasn't the Russians that did any sort of hacking, even though as much as you trust them or don't, all of the intelligence agencies here said that it was Russia. Even after all that, that it was Ukraine and it wasn't to help Trump win the election because he did, you know, he was super popular and everybody loved him and he really had the popular vote except for, you know, all the blah, 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 blah. And there was proof in these hard drives, which is part of the base of the recent extortion slash cover-up, whatever the fuck. This all, the first recorded moment of this is during the campaign or right after the campaign from a Russian uh, intelligence agent to a guy who's in jail right now for lying to the FBI. There was that. There was, speaking of Manafort, he was uh, officially fired in August before the election. And there are emails and stuff of him contacting uh, Jared Kushner like the day of the election or a couple days before the election, still working for them. But Steve Bannon says we can't let anybody know that he's working for us because then they're going to try to show everybody that Russia helped us win this election. Okay, quick question here. Okay. That thing that you said Steve Bannon said, that there's part of that dump, that that's information that they have that that there's you know testimony and evidence to prove it does that does that not put steve bannon right in the middle of all of this and that statement alone does that not show steve bannon trying to cover up this russian interference that could that would be a good uh a good stone in that foundation yeah i mean Okay, we we I know I say this a lot. There's no smoke without fire, but listen to the phrase. You know, go well, everybody go back to Darren reading that again, and just listen to the phrasing of what he said, or just Darren read it again. Listen very closely to the phrasing of what he said, and tell me he doesn't sound like he. Tell me it doesn't sound like he doesn't already know this stuff, and is essentially saying we need to keep Paul Manafort at a distance and get rid of him, because that is going to assist in a cover up. Right? That's that's what those words sound like to me. Yes. And Bannon also told the FBI that Jared Kushner took vacations with Russian oligarchs. Seems like Bannon <laughs> did a lot of talking. In well, the, in... <laughs> from what we've seen of interviews with him and what we've seen of some of the things, it, it I don't think the cocaine... Oh, I'm sorry. The uh, two shirts together, two colored shirts, one underneath the other, is allowing enough oxygen to his brain to where he's thinking before he speaks, right? I mean... He's blurted stuff out. That's the thing about this administration is they literally have blurted out all the horrible things that they're doing, like at some point in time or another and been culpable about it. It's just that nobody was observant enough to catch it. And now in retrospect, it makes sense. Yeah. Oh, oh, there's even more. I found the quotes and everything. Okay. So that email of Paul Manafort to Jared Kushner was November 5th. And he says, feeling really good about our prospects on Tuesday. And he said that he was focused on preserving the victory, 
and he sent Kushner a memo dealing with this concern. Uh, Manafort wrote that he had sent the memo to Reince Priebus, uh, who was the former chair of the Republican National Committee, uh, and he was Trump's chief of one of Trump's chiefs of staff. I think he's had, I think he's on his fourth or fifth one now. Uh, Wait, at, so Priebus is implicated in this now as well because he's in part of this email chain? Yeah. Well, he's talked about that, that he was told. They said that he, yeah. He was. He, he's, he had prior knowledge of some of this yeah. shit going on so is what's he, going on. So he sent that to Reince Priebus. Also, they, quote, briefed Rick Gates and Hannity. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, they briefed Rick Gates and I'm assuming Sean Hannity. Well, they say Hannity. We don't know for sure that it's Sean Hannity, but how many fucking Hannity's are out there? Yeah, no, I think I can only think of one that says that he and uh, Donald Trump talk on the phone all the time. But again, this is just things that people are saying under oath. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are talking. I don't know. A lot of people are yelling stuff. Or oh, uh, actually, yeah. Well, the actually, these are just things that people emailed. These are documents. So some of it's not even just something said under oath. Here's five hundred pages of documents. Um, so we're talking email chains and all of this kind of stuff. That as soon as this gets aggregated by the news, and it starts hitting the the newsstands, so to speak, or the various aggregate apps or whatever where people read papers, however they get their news now, when this starts hitting the public. This is going to be damningly bad, right? You would think, but, you know, nothing's a sure thing anymore, I guess, in the, in the upside down. <laughs> <laughs> this is the darkest timeline, Darren. This is the darkest timeline. Goddamn Marty and your fucking sports almanac. So, okay, there's even a little bit more. Kushner forwarded all the email to Bannon. and So he asked... can't say that he didn't know. He can't say that. And asked him what he thought, and he said... We need to avoid this guy like the plague. <laughs> Paul is a nice guy, but can't let word get out that he is advising us. They're going to try to say the Russians worked with WikiLeaks to give this victory to us. Um, dun, dun, dun. And yeah, there's uh, there's photos, slightly redacted emails from Jared Kushner and shit in uh, this thing I have. Um which is like a summary, but I have the whole document also. Uh, what else? There's the emails and the Russia, if you're listening. Ah, yeah, that we can't, es we can't escape that. He said that on a live news conference that exists. It's out there. You can't hide that. And that should have alone should have been enough. That sent chills down my spine. I'm like, holy fuck, they're going to steal this. Yeah. There's a file from uh, Cohen's FBI interview in August last year. They had uh, some handwritten pages, but one of the handwritten pages says, DJT Jr., I have a meeting in order to get her dirt on Hillary. <laughs> Holy fuck! There's something about somebody testifying, I, I lost it, that uh, they were in a limousine to somewhere, and uh, Trump said there's going to be more uh, info dumps made before the next hacker slash WikiLeaks info came out. Now, of course, he could have just been making a prediction, but... Um, <laughs> I don't think he's intuitive enough for that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there was a thing where Trump Jr. emailed somebody 
and said, hey, I got a private message on Twitter that looks like it's from WikiLeaks and they want to know if we can talk. And they sent me a, a thing and the password, the password works. And I think it's real because they, I follow them on Twitter and they direct messaged me. I and can run things. I'm smart. I honestly think I saw somewhere. I'm going to have to find it I'll, right now. I'll just say, I think I saw him say, I don't know what kind of conspiracy they're looking for or something really fucking like, Stupid. Um, and well, I guess we'll get to your questions, but the last thing that I've seen so far is uh, during Bannon's talk, or the funniest thing I've seen so far was Bannon talking about how the first time he met Trump was in 2010, and whoever introduced them said that he was thinking about running for president in 2012, and Bannon said, of what country? <laughs> there are a lot, of, a lot of documents. And I know, I mean, some of this stuff is probably going to make more sense as time goes on. Right now, it's just kind of a manic connecting the red strings. Um, it all comes back to Pepe Silva at this point. <laughs> 500 pages of interviews and... It's, oh man, yeah. So there's Bannon, Kushner, Gates, Hannity. Yeah, like right after the Democratic National Convention in 2016, which was right after the hacked DNC emails. I think the Republican committee was also hacked, but nobody's ever seen anything that's come from that. Well, um, they clearly made the choice that they made from that hack. If you catch what I'm saying, (laughs) (laughs) they chose which party to back, which would be most beneficial for them. And they went with the least uh, Patriots uh, filled party, I would say, is who they got backed with the Trump election (laughs) cycle there. It's a bunch of rich fuckers that that's all they care about. You know, Trump doesn't even care about Melania's son. Whom I believe is named Baron. I think it's Baron. I think I named him after the guy I used to pretend to be when I had to pretend to be my my own press secretary and call people to talk about how good Donald Trump is. And maybe that's why I refer to myself in the third person all the time. But that's fake news. Yeah, like like we've said a couple times, it's been a lot of posturing, a lot of Sunday morning shows. There have been no White House press briefings. There, I mean, I forget how many days Sarah Huckabee Sanders took off, but the new press secretary took the job in July and has had no press briefings in the midst of all of the all, things going on. All she does is go on Fox News. That's why I didn't even know there was a new one, because I've only ever seen her when they talk about how she only appears on Fox News and then some of the footage of her assu- like verbally assaulting people. When asked questions, she's not doing any briefings at all. So that's fun. They just crossed the milestone of one in every four appellate judges was appointed by Trump. Yeah, this all has to get overturned. This this all has to be undone. Like as as more evidence comes out, regardless of whatever ends up happening, um, we need to really look at. I mean, I, I I don't know if the government is going to survive this. This is really where we're at. And I said this whenever Trump got elected. I said this is going to 
I was talking with a coworker and I'm like, he's going to destroy this government as we know it. He will run it into the ground and just obliterate it. And that is basically what has happened over the last two and a half to three years. And we're going to see if our institution can survive this or not. But we're at a critical tipping point right now in our democracy where so much of the foundations of what make this democracy work have been eroded away and just ignored and overlooked and abused. And they're basically weakening all of the institutions to the point where they're ready to fall, which, I mean, this is, this has to be the, the plan all along. Granted, this wasn't necessarily Donald Trump's plan. I believe this is whoever interfered on his behalf, which we now know is Russia. They orchestrated this. They got this set up. And I'm sure they're the ones that have been pulling a lot of these strings to make this happen and continue to keep this going to essentially take the biggest thing that would be in their way, which was us, America, and destabilize it and turn it into what it is now. So good times ahead. No, (laughs) no good times ahead. I mean, like, it's one of two things is going to happen here. We've got a a very binary thing that's going to happen. It's either going to continue to erode away and fall apart in some way, shape, or form. We will not necessarily drag ourselves out of this. It'll just continue to get worse, and then something major will happen and then the government will be not necessarily overthrown, but reshaped in some way, shape or form. And it's either going to be absolutely horrific and like what these guys wanted in the past, or it's going to get reformed into something new and kind of cool. Um, I guess we'll see the elections if they don't get ignored or whatever. It really seems like the tide has somewhat turned because states that have never gone blue in 20 years are having like entire state legislators turn completely blue. We've seen elections where Democrats are gaining footholds in places like Kentucky. So there are definite things on the horizon and things are changing people wise, you know, at least a little bit, people are at least paying attention now, but you know, at the same time, how many of these, the younger generation that is looking to change things, how many of their voices are going to get snuffed out and overturned by the money being thrown the way of the oligarchy um, who is really fighting against what they're fearing is going to happen with all of this talk of socialism and billionaire taxes. And I don't know, trying to save the fucking planet. So, I mean, (laughs) we're, we're, we're at like, historically speaking, an amazingly exciting time, but um, to quote the King of Ronan, um, would it be that these dark days be mine? That's the problem that I have. Like, I don't want to live in it, but I sure would like to see what's going to happen with the history when it's all said and done. I'm sure the people living through the nightmare of Nixon probably felt some of the same way, and the disillusionment was quite real probably back then, but this is by far the darkest timeline, Darren. I sort of glad you brought up Nixon again because there was another thing that I wanted to say uh, since this is the democracy kind of, update. Huh? Yeah, and we're we're kind of we're unwinding now anyway. We've kind of reached sort of close to the end here and I'm losing all hope and I'm ready to go <laughs> open up my wrists in a fucking bathtub, Jesus. And right. Trump on the wall in blood like the beginning of the second part of it, right? <laughs> yeah, basically. It'll be an interesting thing to see. You know, Fox News was started by Roger Ailes, who used to work for Richard Nixon. Right. And he even has a Nixon tattoo on his back, right? That Roger Stone does. Oh, that's Roger Stone. Okay, Roger yeah. Ailes. Okay, that's the guy who started Andorra's. He didn't start it, but he's running Fox News, and then he had to step down, right? Yeah. 
Uh, okay. He notoriously said that if Nixon had something like Fox News, he would have never left office. So we're we're gonna see. We're uh, sadly we're in that experiment right now because uh, I think it's like nine out of ten people who get their primary source of news from Fox News think that there's no there are all the charges against uh, all the charges that are being investigated are all fake six out of 10 or half around 50 percent or less republicans that get their news from somewhere else think that it's real but it's not a big deal jesus and it goes from there i mean he's got like an 80 percent approval rating amongst republicans he just has a really fucking low approval rating overall um but nobody's gonna get republicans to not vote republican part of the thing that helped make happen where we are we're at was the swayed independence and the voter apathy so yeah let's i i feel like i need to do like a pledge drive of get someone registered to vote get someone to start listening to this show or join the facebook group for political discourse it's an election year we need to keep each other motivated uh yeah 400 all all the seats in the house of representatives are up uh there's a quite a few governorships and i think 37 or 34 senate seats up there's more republicans up this time around than last time like in 2018 there were mostly Democrats trying to keep their seats versus it's mostly Republicans trying to keep their seats in 2020. And we should also point out that a lot of the elections that were localized that went Democrat, um, at the time, Trump had gone and started trying to rally in a lot of those places, and it essentially just completely backfired there, did it not, for like Virginia and what was it, Kentucky? Kentucky. He had a rally in Kentucky with Mitch McConnell the night before the election and right. said, don't embarrass me. And then after that happened, he called it the biggest defeat ever. Anyone, or, or he said it would have been it would be the biggest defeat anyone ever had ever. If uh, that guy lost. Wow. And yeah. Virginia. Um, and I think a large part of the Kentucky thing was. That governor was like Trump, and he also went after everyone's pensions and the teachers and Medicare and Medicaid. <laughs> okay. So he's, he was wildly hated. A lot of Republicans did fine in the Kentucky election. But in Virginia, yeah, I think it's the first time the state's been blue in 25 years. It's been at least two decades that I remember seeing in a news report. I, don't, I think 25 might be a little bit. But it's close. It's like a little over two decades. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're looking at doing a lot of stuff because um, they've also got the governorship. Didn't uh, I read somewhere, too, that because they are now Democrat, that means they're going to ratify the civil rights as the 38th state. And that could make it the next amendment of the Constitution. And that's why voting matters. Do you? They could. You, but I, no, I mean, like, I think they've all pledged to. They already. have. It's got to be decided the the people who were against it uh put in a arbitrary thing that 
people are arguing isn't part of the constitutional process that said that if it wasn't ratified by like 1985, then they had to start all over again. Okay. Um, but a lot of people are saying it doesn't really matter when there's not a time limit. So that's got to get hashed out. But yeah, that is one of the things that they, uh, I heard the democratic party said that they were going to do was be the 38th state to ratify the equal rights amendment that's been trying to get passed for fucking ever. Uh, there's also yet another number or record number of LGBTQ plus because I, I don't know it all. I'm really trying to be an ally, guys, but I can't get all of the letters in the <laughs> in the phrase right all the time. But it's LG, LGBTQ plus. Um, there's like a record number of representatives, um, some of that being um, trans women, um, record number of them being elected, and then also um, some records being made where Danica Rome got reelected. And um, I can't remember the actual numbers, but I remember seeing this. So I'm just stating what I, I mean. It sounds hyperbolic because I don't have the exact numbers, but like I did see that there was a record number of LGBTQ plus representatives in this latest election that just went by. Uh, and then also there's the reelection that I mentioned. Um, there's more uh, women now as well being elected as officials locally uh, and being placed into positions of power. Also, um, people of color and women of color, uh, that's been on an uptick as well. So that's that's the youth vote, right? I mean, because, you know, I don't I don't think the baby boomers are voting that direction. We had a local election here with some judges and uh, city council and stuff like that. And I pretty much voted Democratic Socialist and they all almost won. But, well, they didn't almost win. They did a lot better than usual. Uh, but there were no Republicans running for any of the city seats. So it, it, there were, I think, eight people running for city council. Four of them got it. It was the more traditional Democrats. Uh, mayor, the mayor ran unopposed. Um, how's it looking for like some of the democratic type socialist folks that have made it into the house? How's it looking for them to be reelected? Have you seen any of their poll numbers? Uh, in, in, uh, like the house of representatives. Yeah. Uh, I think AOC is doing great. Uh, there, it, there's talk of a stodgy old, old man Republican or old man Democrat guy that's going to try to primary her, but she's doing really well. Uh, the other ladies in the squad I hear are doing pretty well. Although, uh, what Elon Omar's getting some shit because I'm not sure she didn't say something right about Israel perhaps. Uh, um, well, basically if you bring up Israel, like we've just done and you are not Republican, you just committed a hate crime. That's how that's how it's been working in the news. You get accused of doing something hateful and spiteful and anti-Semitic just for bringing up Israel and not being Republican. Yeah, I was surprised to not see uh, people going after Bernie more when he said that since we give Israel so much military aid, we should be able to force a peaceful solution to the mistreatment of the Palestinians. Yeah, um, that's some dangerous shit to say as a candidate. It really, truly is. Um, trying to hold uh, an entire country like that accountable, that's really kind of fucking ballsy of Bernie. But um, 
Seems like he, I don't know, somebody lit a fucking fire under him. It's that heart attack. If it doesn't yeah. kill him, it totally revitalized him. Yeah, I don't, I, I feel like he's just, he's like, I'm going to do it. This is it. This is, it's this year or not. You know, like, I, I feel like he's just going for gusto. And, you know, the heart attack really stopped him for just a little bit. But, I mean, he's got momentum. And once he gets AOC behind him and AOC knows how to fucking draw people in and get them to pay attention. And she's essentially funneling that, that light at him. I mean, that kind of pushes him forward a little bit. I'm not exactly what I'd call a Bernie bro, but like that's, you know, it seems to be that he's been getting a lot more attention and firing people up. Um, you know, I would say that a Bernie Warren ticket or a Warren Bernie ticket would probably be the Democrats best bet if they really wanted to do something but they're still trying to make joe biden a thing <laughs> um i don't want to eat joe biden yeah i don't <laughs> I, I mean like look if, if it's if it's a jar of broccoli farts against trump I'm, I'm voting a jar of broccoli farts i don't fucking care um but i just like please don't 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 make me eat this kale man don't do this <laughs> you know what i'm saying like we can like get the vitamins another way yeah, can I just like you know drink a fucking shake that's got vitamins and stuff in it? Like, can do I have to eat the kale? Don't, 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 don't give me the kale and don't try and force the fucking pig cop on me, man. Don't do this. <laughs> I know it's a you know it's not that bad, but come on, man, don't do it. Yeah, she's she's not she well unless something wild happens. She's been laying off campaign staffers. Um. And if Biden hasn't gained any, I don't want to knock on wood and make my microphone sound like shit, but um, uh. <laughs> he hasn't gained any momentum. Uh, Sanders and Warren have been sort of getting people and getting support. And he started flinging mud and a lot of it to try and... Um... It's like he's bailing out his ship, only he's sinking in mud, so he's just flinging the mud everywhere trying to bail out his ship. <laughs> Uh, I saw that, you know, the Iowa caucus is just the, you know, first party of the whatever you want to call it. The election, I guess we'll say, for to go use a traditional term. But um, he had a whole bunch of Biden merch at a thing and then reporters were just seeing it all in the garbage later. Nice. So I don't know. They're, they're, they're handing that shit out trying to get people to support him, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, I think they had something, because he said he'd beat Trump like a drum, so there was a whole lot of, I think there were those noise sticks that you can get for baseball games, or something like that, and they said beat him like a drum. I've been, uh, it's, there's so much fucking shit going on, man, like, I feel like, I've it's fatigue. Bar I it's barely touch on anything, trying to cover everything. Yeah, I've basically gotten to the point now where I'm just letting my news kind of trickle into me from um, just like my aggregate news feed stuff where things will pop up. Um, I usually post the articles as I'm reading them, so I kind of let my stuff get filtered through um, like, you know, whatever's going to come in. Like I do like a Bloomberg, Washington Post, uh, New York Times, and um, then I have like an Apple feed separately that's like breaking news that, that comes up. And then on Facebook, I, I do a lot of stuff with like uh, this new civil rights movement 
Um, I, I read a lot of those articles because I like the salacious nature that they have, but also at the same time, um, it's kind of hard for me not to trust the new civil rights movement. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And like, um, I also kind of check things and see what's going on with the ACLU and that kind of thing. And just kind of, you know, see, see what it is that they're battling or or what have you. And that's kind of how I stay informed is I, I keep those feeds going and, you know, post them as I'm reading them. Like I said, uh, but other than that, like I'm not actively digging in like you've been doing because it's just so much information overload that I can't even fucking process it. And it's only been a month since we've talked. There are probably a couple days. One of the good things is that Congress takes so many vacations in, in, in the sense of information gathering because you get a lull. You get a little bit of time where you can kind of get a little bit of work done when they're off. Yeah, it, it gets to that fever pitch, and every I've got all the, I got all the pots boiling on the stove, and I start turning into Alex Jones, and then it's like, okay, they all went away. I could just read what's fucking happening, and you know, take the dog for a walk, and <laughs> stop checking Twitter for declarations of war or, you know. The 17,000th tweet that just says presidential harassment and various case sensitivity and uh, lots of exclamation points. Yeah. I actually feel, now that we've kind of discussed some things, it feels like I've been getting the news that I needed to be getting the way that I've been getting it because I was thinking that I was going to be completely lost because I felt like I've been out of touch the last month or so, but I'm still getting this news coming in and I'm still able to do it and... I've been really busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's largely been so and so's called to testify, they didn't go. Okay, now what? Okay, right. so and so got called to testify, they didn't go. Okay. Uh, Trump just keeps saying read the transcript and people said, "Yeah, we did. That's why we're investigating you more because the thing that you thought made you look good made you look very not good." And you kind of just gave people evidence and proof that you did the thing that you said you didn't do, dude. Yeah. And, you know, not Ivanka won Donald Trump Jr.'s shilling his book called Triggered, a.k.a. What, what was that one thing the guy changed it to? Daddy, please love me. Yeah, that's hilarious. The guy changed all the slip covers. That's hilarious. Um, They've all got books coming out. We talked about him for a second, but we Roger Stone is on trial right now. That didn't get off too well because he had possible food poisoning the first day, so he was excused and he left. But there's he's involved in the possible part of the obstruction and the whole WikiLeaks hacked emails, blah, blah, blah shit. And yeah, he is the one with the tattoo of Nixon. Yeah, and... I always get my uh, Republican asshole Rogers mixed up. <laughs> yeah. Um... I don't want to give them the respect of learning their proper name. I just want to, you know, punch them in the face and move on with my life. And, and there are so many of them. Uh, I think I, most of these are just going to be last names, but writ- I wrote down these are all the Trump administration people who have defied congressional subpoenas. Hope Hicks, huh? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say this is a good thing to wrap it up with, I think. Yeah. Uh, Hope Hicks, and this isn't even all of them. This is just the what I've got so far. Hope Hicks, <laughs> Kellyanne Conway, Steve Nuchin, uh, that's the what com- uh, Secretary of Treasury. Right. Wil- Wilbur Ross, the Commerce Secretary. Bill Barr, 
any White House lawyer, Mike Pence, Mike Pompeo, Rudy Giuliani, uh, Mick Mulvaney, and uh, there's some other people, but you're not going to recognize any of their names. So, so pretty much all of the key players that you just named for sure, that's a good list of names to know, including the vice president. They are refusing to testify when subpoenaed by the United States Congress. Is that not a crime? It should. It is a crime. But do you know who is responsible for enforcing that? Bill um, Barr in the Department of Justice. So this goes back to it's very obvious what Bill Barr is doing and what he's trying to do. And he's also obstructing justice. So therefore, there should be, is there a contempt of Congress? Like there is a contempt of court that people can be charged with and is Barr associated with that too? They they haven't tried it. But, you know, since a lot of these outdated rules were written in the 1700s and the 1800s, they could, Nancy Pelosi could demand that like the Congress police Put them in the jail underneath the Capitol building. Uh, oh, God, that would be amazing if they actually started doing that. Bill Barr joked about it a couple months ago after the Mueller report came out and Bill Barr was doing his magic. Uh, he, like, held his hands out to Nancy Pelosi and said, did you, you know, did you bring any handcuffs or something like that? The Department of Justice is supposed to enforce that. That's part of how... Uh, that that goes back to the unitary executive theory and Bill Barr's wet dream of making a president king that he's been working on since fucking Reagan. It's like in general subpoenas you you got to show up for, man. That's a crime if you don't. Yeah. Uh. So. A lot. Yeah. Like like you said, and we've we've reached our wrap up again. There's a whole lot of. It's either going to work or it's going to fall apart. It's interesting what could possibly happen if it does fall apart, because once things start getting put back together um, and if, you know, the society as it is, is if if it collapses, there's a lot of people out there that have basically been um, held at bay by the institutions that are keeping them from revolting and doing crazy shit. So they're, you know, like there's some crazy shit that could happen on the horizon if things do actually continue to collapse. It just continues to get weirder and more unsafe out there for all of us. And then these institutions, if they do collapse, we're slowly but surely kind of realizing as a people, maybe we don't need all of these. And uh, who knows? Maybe I can always run that anarchy I've been talking about. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Before you get that anarchy started, why don't you uh, tell everybody what you're up to lately? And... Uh got going on um well it looks as though i'm pretty sure this is actually going to become a thing but uh boz and i have been recording with the bullshit artists i think that may end up taking over what used to be the ocd feed and we're trying to see if we can work it out but it's going to be basically boz and i but we're trying to get witch back in on it and it may be where maybe boz and witch record and then maybe witch and i record or maybe you know um Boswich and I can all record whenever it lines up for that to happen, but it's basically just going to be instead of doing actual work, we're just going to do what we always did where we just bullshitted forever before we did the review and then put that out because that seems to be the thing that, you know, people have been liking with us is those offside conversations. 
So Bullshit Artist is about to really kind of spin up, or we'll see. I'm trying to work out a time with Boz to keep doing that, and then we'll see if maybe we can get Witch folded in or brought in. We're, we're trying. Um, my main show and my, my flagship show is Cinema PsyOps. We're now up to, I think, 221 episodes as of this recording that will be released uh, this uh, coming Sunday, the 10th. Um, that'll be 221. So we're about to hit 222. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which Third I, I think... Third of the way there. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I do have a number in my head. I'm not going to confirm nor deny that 666 is that number with which I will stop. I don't know. We'll see. Um <laughs> Uh, that's Cinema PsyOps, also on Legion Podcasts, and then Bullshit Artists, which if you have the OCD feed still, or if you're one of the main Legion feeds, you'll you'll see that pop up. Um, and then uh, there is the Atomic Age Saucercast. Do I have that right? Yeah. Finally getting it right. Yay. That is with yourself, myself, and the very talented Jerry from Kill the Cast, who Jerry basically spearheaded this. He just basically said... Um, you, me, and Darren are doing a podcast, and neither one of us was like, oh, uh, okay, no, that's not happening. It just kind of, we're like, sure, why not? Um, and he enticed us with the sci-fi movies, and uh, we're going hard sci-fi on this, too. Like, it's it's got, it's like from the certain heyday of sci-fi, and it has to be specifically sci-fi. Like, and we actually have debates and arguments in the chat when we're trying to schedule things. We're like, no, I don't think that's sci-fi enough. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, it's we're, we're trying to, like... Both of us are trying to push boundaries, like uh, both Jerry and myself, to see, like, you know, does this fit in this era? Is it around the right time frame? And we have, like, what is it? I think it stops at, like, in the 60s, right, is when we said the sci-fi stops. And it's, like, mid-50s or early 50s to, or, you know, late early 50s to late late 60s yeah. to, to mid-60s, yeah. My thing is always, like, Night of the Living Dead is pretty much when hard sci-fi died. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for a little while. And then that's the, that golden era ends at like 68, basically is what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, that's Atomic Age Saucer Cast. That's a regular thing. We're going to be doing that again soon, shortly, I think, uh, within a week or so. And it usually goes out the same day that we record. So that'll probably be happening this month in November. Um, and like I said, trying to get more bullshit artists going. And that's the projects I'm involved with uh, right now. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for hashing some of this out with me. You know, it's mutually beneficial for both of us to be able to just rant and do these uh, punk rock political commentaries because that's basically what we're doing. <laughs> yep. You know, like it, it helps us both. Like I feel a lot better to get all of this off my chest because it's been building up and I, you know, the, the weight of things needed to be removed. And I hope that worked for you as well. It did. It did. I can, I can go back to the tape and get rid of this. These page I've got like page a couple pages of notes and like seven windows seven browser windows open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's basically a uh, political exorcism is what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah. Ugh! <laughs> oh, don't forget to duck and cover from that political pea soup. And Donald Trump's mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs>
just pictured that too. I feel a little grossed out. Oh yeah, because his mom looks like him. I know. That's why I'm grossed out. <laughs>